Hey guys, and welcome to Gino's GT Podcast. I am the Alpha, Chris Long Gino. Hope your guys are having a good week and getting ready for your Missouri Open this coming weekend. Super excited for the event. It's going to be an awesome time. Taped a pod and had, uh, of course, one of my good friends, Matt or uh, Brian Bernhardt. Always great to talk to him. And then I brought in Matt Van Hoosier this time. And Matt is a really smart guy and has got awesome perspective on the game. If you haven't heard, they do not play the Stouts, so we give their side of the coin to this. But also, I shed some light on some good stuff about the Stouts, which I do like. And um, we had uh, we had a good conversation. So what you're going to hear, uh, we're going to release this in two podcasts. One will be about the Stouts and a little Missouri Open preview and then after that, uh, we'll make some fantasy picks and uh, just talk a little bit more golden tea. And uh, hopefully, this guys will uh, ho- hope you guys will enjoy this, whether you're flying or wherever you may be going this week. You know, give us a listen and, and uh, share with a friend. We'd really appreciate it. All right, here's Matt and Brian. All right, taping this on a Sunday night, and I am uh, happy to have a couple, uh, couple of buddies of mine that are going to talk some Golden Team with me for a little bit. Uh, first, we all know my partner, the inaugural Players Charity Champion, Brian Bernhardt, and then the acting president of the National Golden Team Tour, presented by Power Events, Matthew Van Hoosier. Gentlemen, good evening. Gino, what's good up? Evening. Uh, happy that you guys could uh, make some time. I know you guys really want to be watching the Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul fight right now. Uh, and I appreciate you guys just uh, uh, taking time away from that. Cause I, I'm sure you'll tune into it later uh, for sure. Uh, of course. Yeah. That's just yeah, I'll uh, see the highlights on uh, Twitter and Facebook later. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Boy, that stuff's become a circus. Um, I think about, golden tea today and part of it I mean, with all the it's a lot of conversation because we're talking to each other a lot more than we used to if you're just take us back say 20 years ago when we're all talking on a message board that was in its heyday as good as chat could be because there were so many people posting but we were talking about a little bit different stuff, but the game was just so much simpler back then. It feels like to me. Is there an agreement there? Yeah, well, and the, the other thing too, Chris, mm-hmm. is that there was no texting back then either. You know, that this yeah. is the beginning of you know, maybe AOL Instant Messenger. You know, you might have some instant messengers that you would communicate with people on, but but the the, the Blue Board, the, the Golden Blab Forum was where we all went. I mean, it was all, it, that was on everybody's favorites in whatever browser they were using at the time. Yep, for sure. And they they had, uh, they had they tried to have that message board that was on Golden Tee's main website, but people still went to the blue board. Yeah. yeah. I call that kind of the first sign of like community you saw in Golden Tee. I mean, it started, it went, it was, I'm sorry, it was about tournaments. It really was. Um, but where we all connected originally was the message board and that's where it was. Now today we talked to each the, other that was the first sorry that was the first the first way with the internet coming out the way it did about that time and Mm -hmm. started more popularized where you could grow those types of conversations on a national scale because before that it was you and your buddies in your community locally that could do it 
but much past that, you just didn't have the visibility to even know. Yeah. So that was kind of the first crack at that. Yeah. And, for- and the other thing too is, is not, it wasn't just about golden tea at the time, you know, over the years, they would be, they'd add the subtopics, you know, it's like, oh, these golden tea players like want to talk about politics. Well, let's create a forum for them to talk about their politics. And, mm-hmm. You know, these guys want to talk about the McRib sandwich. Let, let's do the McRib <laughs> thing, you know, you know, whatever it was, there was a, a, a place for our community to talk about things. And that way the board didn't get too cluttered, you know, and, and it worked out really well for a long time. It did. Suitable for adults too. I mean, that's really what it was about. Um, I would I would consider that place because I was I mean still young and you know I was kind of on and off school before I you know finished and then it was I, I saw it was probably a place where guys sat in a cubicle and just looked at that thing all day long and they were <laughs> posed. I think uh, the late Paul, uh, my my guy up in D.C., Sergeant Fury. Uh, yeah, Martin. He yeah, he passed away. Uh, but he was uh, he was one of those guys, and he you know just polluted, polluted, polluted that mess for with just nothing but random stuff. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, he was... definitely had the topics that he preferred to talk about. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, today the conversation it's basically you want to bring up one subject, and then it brings up a referendum on stouts. <laughs> or somebody just you know has to have their say on stouts. Why was just, and, I, and this is the only time because I, I don't want to always. I don't want to podcast all the time where I have to have a full out referendum on this. I where I actually have to talk about well what this does. It can't be every podcast. I have to leave some of it out there where we can just talk. So, this is where we're going to air those grievances a little bit. <laughs> you got a good pair I, here. I, you get you. You should have brought the counterpoint, uh, Gino. Yeah, <laughs> I should have. Um, but no, this is good. But tonight, so first off, let's. How did we get here? Like, how did we get here? Like, uh, remember this ball? Uh, where do we peg this? About twenty fifteen, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. It's fifteen, sixteen, I, something I like that. I personally didn't know anything about it until a couple of years ago. I mean, I, I knew that, that Putz was playing these balls that did, did a certain thing, you know, but, but okay. I didn't I, – I, I don't adapt to change very well when it comes to this game. I like to keep it, you know, a certain way. You know, I have a hard time building new bags. I just – I use the same bag over and over again for random courses. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't realize – it wasn't until middle of last year – or, no, maybe two years ago um, where I realized, oh, wait, these guys are getting a little bit of an advantage here. If you ever look at Paul Taylor in general, he's just he's not your run of the muck stouts player that you will see, which is just thumbs all over the place, maybe positioning with high T, uh trying to float balls in with backspin and high T, that's which is common you see with a low end, and it's easier to control. Paul Taylor can pull a full out in his in at night or day. I I just didn't see him in match play. And I remember when I him and I played in Richmond, I, I just I never I thought never even thought about it for a second. It's like he's using those balls. They cut half the win. I never thought about it. I can outdrive him. I'm great. Okay. Doesn't bother me. Um I I'm trying to get to where how did that mindset change? Where 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 did we where did we start going wrong? Like why what why did it take us so long to get there too? I think um because Certain people started using them that really didn't need to, and they were 
separating themselves, you know, you, 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 know, you have those top tier guys. And um, when they start finding, oh, I, I get this advantage, it, it's almost, I don't know what else to compare it to. There's all these little things, like you, mess, you mentioned the message board before, you know, sometimes there's little things that are talked about amongst a smaller group of guys, you know, like going back to the Gold Lab Forum. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't always on the board for everybody to see. And it, it almost seems like when the top tier players got a hold of stouts, you know, they just separated themselves mm-hmm. further from the rest. Van Hager. I, I think, uh, I think when, um, what was it? Was it, uh, it was Florida right before COVID hit there mm-hmm. where uh, Adam Harris and Chris Burr both made the finals. Yeah. And they're both stout guys. Uh, and I mean, Brewer's been that way for as long as I've known him to play the game. Uh, Adam Harris switched uh, not too long before that tournament. But I think once they, you know, once you kind of got to a finals now where you, you see two guys playing that, that you really, you know, for people that had followed the streams and things like that, they hadn't seen these two guys necessarily, especially in a finals setting mm-hmm. before. I think that probably opened up a couple people's eyes too. It was like, hey, wait a minute, you know, maybe this, maybe this distance disadvantage thing isn't all it's cracked up to be. Uh, and, and for the certainly as it's been talked about before for the for the course here that they were playing on with those courses, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't the, the, the disadvantage wasn't necessarily there uh, for those courses, and so I think that's when it kind of blew up. And now you've uh, you've got a you've got a rock rolling down the hill that you can't really uh, you can't just stand in front of and he's going to get smacked by it. <laughs> yeah, well, and to, what, to what Matt said there real quick, Adam Harris. Who heard of Adam Harris before the Florida tournament? Like if you didn't if you didn't go to tournaments and you didn't see him around, like it's like who is you know? And all of a sudden, you know, and Chris Brewer is one of those names too, where no one really heard about the guy, you know, you know. And how were they in the finals? What got them there? And then to, you know, so you're 100 correct, Matt. Like that that's kind of where it became a lot more public. I guess I, I guess it's time for me to tell you uh, you guys the story about how this thing grew grew regionally in the in the world of the Stouts. From where I where I come from, this part of the country that have been pro stouts now for four plus years, and this has uh, really been as weird as it to say about something about a video golf game, but as grassroots as it can be. Um, Paul Taylor found out about it when they came out, and he enjoyed playing with them. And it didn't really start until Chris Brewer met Paul Taylor. In Wilmington, this was you know several years ago, and that's how Chris Brewer got onto him. And if you know Chris, it's it's a lot of analytics. It's a lot of you know it's I very precise. He is a very analytic analytic player. Yes, it, it is quite incredible to watch, and the, just the more repetitions he gets, the more the more it all gets dialed in. It's it's going to be uh, he's going to always be a tough beat. Mm-hmm. in that aspect yep. those two met each other uh and then i think just a handful of months when mccook's finally getting back into it he meets chris brewer and he looks at chris brewer and he mccook told me this and it's like dude you're not you're not okay you're not good at golden tea but you're good at the stouts <laughs> <laughs> and then and, and then that and that's when mccook started playing the stouts um <laughs> yeah i know right. but then some cooks into it now how lance got a hold of it lance i think found out, out of on his own and started lance harris he, he he started out on his own and started trying to i guess you know he started playing with it he's been really successful with it and that's where i saw it click in austin in austin exactly yep 
Yeah, well, that's where I saw a click. Where I mean, I got a guy on one of those match games. Mm-hmm. I got a guy standing next to me who finished runner up at the world championship, getting ready to change his ball, and, and that was Decker. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what are you doing? And then he got, and he's always doing it. If you see, if you, I've gone back and watched the world championship now many times, and him and his thumbs, those thumbs, they're a delight. You know, when you're precise with them, the stouts are just money. Mm-hmm. And, and having uh, the golden teeth, you can move yourself wherever you want. Yeah. Sure. The hole in a par three is just twice as big for yeah. a stout. Um, so that's kind of how it grew here. Now everybody started once they met Chris or, you know, that just started growing from there. Josh, all of the, all the people in the South Carolinas. And, you know, that's why it's been around here for, as long as it's had, or it has, and uh, you know, I, what's the effect? I mean, what 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 do we see from this? Okay, we are to this point now where I think it is believed that there's been enough dialogue to maybe see a change or two. Am I am, am I am I scoping in the right direction here, right, guys? Well, certainly, there's been enough uh, gifts of people beating on dead horses uh-huh. <laughs> out there. So <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I think the conversation has gone through its cycle a number of times at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to up to what it was five, six, eight weeks ago, whatever it was, when they started to hear a little bit of rumbling of, of changing that ball a little bit, not no, no details, but maybe they're, maybe they're talking about it. Maybe they're not. Who knows if that's all just smoke and mirrors right now. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think that we've kind of reached critical mass on, on uh, what we need to know about them and to show the effects of what they're doing and what they're good for. And maybe what they're, you know, maybe, maybe what the longer term effects of them are uh, as far as things like competitive play and getting players on board and increasing revenues and all that stuff's been talked through 30 different times. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we've certainly gotten to the point where we've got all the information we need to have and, and uh you might you might start to see the the rock move a little bit back towards you know towards a, a more globally but <laughs> towards all all balls being applicable i guess is probably, yeah. I don't, that's probably not even the best way to say it but i think you know what i'm getting at there yeah for sure i think the best way to say it actually man would be a, a windier version of golden tea is, is what we're ho- hoping to see sometime soon and i i wouldn't but, be surprised if it's closer to the release of pga the you know, from what I've heard, I haven't had a chance to play the courses yet, but they're going to be pretty darn easy. And I, I do know that, you know, I'm pretty sure that when, when these balls were designed, they weren't designed for the top players. You know, heck, this game wasn't even designed for people to make money off of, you know, and then they designed this ball that cuts the wind. Like it's, it was probably more geared towards, te- you know, someone learning the game. And then eventually when they figure it out, they probably get bored with it and want more, more of a challenge, you know? And it's almost like you can kind of compare it to the slopes of greens. When, when you play casual play, you don't get more than a, I don't know, what is it, three or four degrees? Three or four, yeah, something like yeah. that. And, and so when you, and when you, you can't go, you go from casual to live prize play, and holy smokes, the wind goes from seven to 17, the greens go from three to 12, and it's, it can be very intimidating. So here they are, they got this ball. It's like, hey, you know what? It ain't going to affect the slope of the green, but we can cut your wind in half for you. And, um, you know, just uh, it, they kind of, and would something have been done a year and a half ago? Who knows? COVID hit. 
you know, yeah. we should have had PGA by now. Like a lot of things could have been changed, you know, and, um, and I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, by the time PGA rolls out, some changes are made and, you know, and hopefully PGA comes out sometime soon too. <laughs> well, it's, the other thing is interesting, interesting too, Bernsey is, you know, we're starting to talk about maybe that maybe they're going to step back away from that line a little bit, um, which I know that we both think is, is a needed change. But what's interesting is when they came out with the mobile version, uh, what, just before COVID hit too, roughly, they came up with right. the full release version. The the wind cutter ball in that game is is farther, right? It's four oh, X no, or whatever it is. I mean, you, you can't get anything about a two or two and a half on that thing. So they were yeah, they were definitely trending in the opposite directions we're talking about right now a year and a half ago. Yeah, and I think and I think it's really cool in the mobile game. You know, I think it's really neat. You know, they're playing for credits or golden teeth or whatever they're playing for. It's, it's it's cool and all, but when you're playing for the kind of money that we're playing for, that's where it's like, uh, it's just it. it I don't know, with it, so many states fighting, you know, to try to get the game to be legal to play for prizes in their states, you know, and, and they're fighting to say it's a game of skill, you know, you're kind of taking a little bit off of that skill by cutting the wind in half. It's an investment of time and money and resources doing stuff like that, too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is where I have to give my not-so-friendly IT take sometimes with these guys. Um and this has nothing to do. I, I, I have concerns sometimes uh, how much the competition of Golden Tee is respected amongst IT management. I think I, I, that that's a concern of mine. Um, just because if you respect it as something <clears throat> as good as, say, sport could be, as we've seen in the world of poker, as we've seen in the world of darts, as we've seen in the world of whatever you want to find, that basically live event rights are always going to be very popular as long as the game has a following. Poker had a following. What kind of following can Golden Tee have? It's a, t it's, it's a hundredth of what a, a poker is, but obviously. But if you respect it as something like that, well, then, yeah, the stouts are a big problem. Well, I think I think – both Brian and I in our, in our vocalness uh, uh, on the various conversations that have happened part of this, I think, we've, I think we've been pretty steadfast in it and not, not intentionally, Brian. I don't think we're intentionally mm -hmm. plotting to say the same thing all the time, but we've made a lot of the same points on, on Facebook or on even on broadcasts where we're talking about it during the tournaments when we got a little downtime that that, that ball, uh, for what it was intended for, is awesome. To get new guys involved in the game, to get them figured out with, it, with, it, with taking one of the mechanics out of it, uh, is is perfect. It's absolutely perfect for that, and I'm all for it. And I and I don't I don't uh, carry under the same hatred. It seems like uh, a lot of the, the warriors carry out there. Where we're calling the stout players cheaters. Nope. Everybody can absolutely use them. Hundred percent. Don't disagree with that one bit. The problem, and in which you alluded to right there, is the big one. Is that when you're talking about the pointy end of the spear guys, right? The the competitive world championship, peg tour. You know, go play for a bunch of money uh, type of scenarios. Uh, you're Yes, everybody can use the Game Genie, but should you be able to use a Game Genie to win a world championship? And that's effectively what's going on there, to, in, in, my, in my opinion. That's not wrong. Brian? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And you know, I may have mentioned it before, but as far as, you know, when you, and actually, what I did not mention before was I've talked to some of the top guys in the game about Stouts. They don't want them around. You know, it's, it is strictly a business decision for them to play this. I mean, Evan's been you know, vocal about, hey, I had to do it. I, I, I need yeah. to increase my return on investment, you know, and provide for my family. And if I don't do this, I'm not going to make as much money. 
you know yep. um and so the, the thing that you know one of the things that um i don't know what the best word to use here would be but i'm gonna throw the names out there evan jojo gervais mm-hmm. three guys out of the cade three guys that were on our team man three, three mm-hmm. guys that were against it they were. I, I mean jojo and i had communicated he had a nice little letter written and um about all the disadvantages of disadvantages of the ball and then when it came to the money these guys are like you know sorry like i'm gonna jump and off I, the band you know I, I, and i can't fault them one bit for that decision right I'm, I'm not playing the game for money to support any any of my family right i play the game uh just for fun with my buddies and you know i happen to be decent enough at it because i've been playing it since uh since the beginning of time it seems like to mm-hmm. to be able to at least still be competitive in those environments or at least at least some weekends um so yeah I don't fault in that decision one bit because I'm not trying to put food on the table using golden tea. And that's a whole different thought process that has to go into that one. And I don't fault, I don't fault anybody that. But then the interesting thing for me is, is that I actually, I do fall into that category. So I'm like the lone soldier here that not <laughs> yeah. only am I my stand on my ground and, and not, um, uh, playing it, but not playing the balls, but, um, I'm just, and I've had the opportunity to talk to, dozens of guys in the last few tournaments, you know, because, you know, they see my name on Facebook and they see me say the things I say and they don't know me like you guys know me. And, you know, and, and we've had some really good conversations and, and I've talked to them about, you know, how I feel about it. I'm just a, you know, and I had that one long post, I'm a traditional guy. You know, I just, um, I, I try to keep it simple. Um, I'm going to play my game. A lot of the stuff that I may, you know, say is, kind of in humor my last one last week it was I'm just trying to have some fun you know it, it's just trying to ruffle the feathers a little bit I got, I got nothing but love for everybody you know but I'm, I'm very passionate about the game and I'm very passionate about my thoughts and um you know to say that some people are hypocrites because they said they were never going to change and then did I think is a fair assessment speak about money being a driving force in this <clears throat> The, I, I think IT feels the same way. And what was relevant for me is, I don't know if you guys ever watched that Kevin, Lindsey, Jim Zelensky interview thing. Did y'all watch that? Did y'all get a chance to watch that? I, I think I, I think did. I, it's been a while now, but I'm pretty sure I remember watching it, yeah. I, I, I want to I maybe tell you guys to probably run that over before the podcast, but oh well. The, uh, no, I remember hearing it many times that, hey, this is a business decision. This is why we do this, because it's a business decision, you know. And uh, the Stouts might be a business decision. They, they might be, but they got to remember there's two aspects to that business they're trying to grow. There's the player-based side and all the gameplay side. And they, are, they have, as we all saw last Worlds, they're putting mm-hmm. a bunch of money into that esports world championship angle. The production wow. value went way, way up that year, right? I mean, that was pretty impressive what they had put it's together. Amazing. And that environment, just it just needs it needs to not be there. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, I mean, think about the you know future, you know, broadcast. You know, I mean, and hopefully for you, you're you're able to to do. I mean, how, how do you how do you tell the people that are watching it? Hey, these guys are using balls to cut the wind in half. What? what? Like, that doesn't make any. That's just doesn't make sense. I mean, you play any other game, uh, these esports. I'm not much of a gamer outside of Golden Tee. 
but I know that there's millions upon millions of dollars that are it's being thrown around at these championships across the world. Do they have things where they can use, you know, more than half? No. Half the, yeah. they, their competition's a little bit more, I think, respected, if you will. And uh, and that's where we kind of it's not our it's not our the competition in of itself because our competition is fantastic. It's it can be thrilling at times actually, um, but yeah, we have this you know if you look at it from a broader aspect, yeah, we have this we have this issue um, that maybe could it maybe limit how respectable it can be. And uh, that, that that I think that's important. Uh, that's that's important to touch on. Um, and, and I look forward to see what happens. You know, I mean, the, the it, you mentioned the whole beating the dead horse. Like, I think you know, we've we've come to a point to where it's like, all right, the ball is in IT's court. They get to make that yeah. final decision. They get to pick. You know, okay, you know, they have the numbers. They know who's playing them. They know whether it's good for the game or bad for the game. And uh, ultimately, they'll they'll make it. The, they'll do what they do. There's how many times in the last decade have things just gotten swept under the rug because oh well, you know we kind of didn't kind of go the way that we planned. Oh, we forgot to post about server maintenance. Oh, this. Oh, that. It all gets swept under the rug. This isn't getting swept under the rug. You know, it needs to be addressed. And you know, hope hopefully sometime by the end of the year, somebody says something about what's going on. I think what was happening a little bit was. Uh... I think parts of the data that you could see, or at least the stats that you would hear, seemed a little skewed. Like it, it could be, a, it, Matt, I, I think you could uh, relay with me on this, which was, you know, you could tell me that this is the most golf ball being played, but okay. No, tell tell me about the golf ball that's being played by a guy in 20, that plays 20 or 30 games a month or something well, like that. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, honestly, uh, again, I, my mind, and I've said this before, my mind tends to just keep going towards the competitive aspect of it. But if you have the leaderboard up, a 50-man leaderboard or even a, a peg leaderboard, as we're watching one of those events go on or a world's leaderboard, right, you have, you know, you know NASCAR, right, you have the leaderboard up there and you have, what, what's everybody driving? They got a Chevy, they got mm -hmm. Honda, they got Ford, right, and there's that mix in there and you can, you can see that. If you put that same thing up there and you show golf balls, you're going to have one image up there and then you're going to have Brian's name and my name and John's <laughs> name and Gavinon's name, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, NASCAR wouldn't be any fun if everybody was driving, everybody's driving Honda because Honda was the fastest, but you wouldn't fault those guys for driving if it's the fastest either. So it's, it's a weird, it, I don't, I don't envy in their position that they put themselves into the, with this the, one. The four of you guys should be an excellent wrestling stable, by the way. All right. <laughs> for sure. Would rule it. Um, it seems to be, yeah, a problem. But that being said, let me be abstract. Let me be. Let me be the other side of the coin. Like I said, you but, needed to bring counterpoints. So let's, well, let's, yes. definitely, let's definitely talk that. <laughs> let, let, let's let, let's let's lighten the mood. Let, let's get let's get us a palate cleanser here. <laughs> the this day and age where I'm coming to these freaking tournaments, and I often bring up that Memphis tournament that you uh, were you, uh, God, I don't remember if you, I think you were there, Bernsey. It was Memphis in 2005. Is that the last year of four, that tournament? Yes. Uh, we were yeah, just, I remember that one. we were just transitioning into live. Bernsey, do you remember if you were there? Is that when MTV was there? 
Uh, no, 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 no. This was uh, 2005. It was the last year it was there. And it was only 33 people. So if you weren't there, I wasn't surprised. Yeah. But no, uh, I, uh, no, I, I had gone from that being my third tournament, my first being that Chicago at Atlanta, or that OTOs mm-hmm. uh, World's Qualifier to a world championship at Friday's Front Row, which was another thing, and then to TJ Mulligan's in Memphis, Tennessee, where Tommy, yeah, yeah where and perhaps the Diamond Club, mm-hmm, <laughs> where, where never made it here. <laughs> the <laughs> was, no, I think it was Platinum Plus. There was that oh, was, that's uh, right, wrong city. <laughs> yeah, Platinum Plus. Well, we have one here. In, we had one here in Greenville. There's like three locations: Greenville, Columbia, and Memphis. Funniest thing of it was Platinum Plus. Uh, we, but we, I go to this tournament. It was only 33 people, but I knew Andy Haas. I, I know I knew Chris Eversole at that moment. Got to, I think know Matt Van Hoosier a little bit that time there. He was there, but yep. 33 people. Um, I walk. I, I I don't expect to see a tournament less than 100 players this year. No chance. No. Well. It, it, and that's the, the one good thing about it is people are playing better, you know, and they, it gives them the confidence like, well, my scores are going up. It, it, you know, when was the last time that there were so many PGT events when there was less than 100 people? Like, the bar is so high now. And to say that stouts have nothing to do with that would be totally incorrect. I mean, oh, it, absolutely. It, 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 it's broad, it, it's made an an average player and above average player. It's made above average players, great players. And those guys are coming to tournaments to, it, it's not just coming to a tournament to, to see the best and to meet a whole bunch of new people, but they think they can beat the best now. Well, and, and they honestly have more of a chance now than they did. Yeah. I mean, if it, for any of us that were in, uh, in Wisconsin there, uh, to use an example, right, where we didn't mm-hmm. have Tropical on the board yet, uh, just, the, just the base five courses, the difference between first place and the cut line was only nine strokes. Yeah. That is way, way compressed from what we're used to, where you, you could see as much as 25 strokes. That's incredible. Nine strokes is all it was for the entire qualifier to go from first to 33rd. Well, and I think I was 33rd or 34th, so. Oh, that's, that's just – that's brutal. I, I, I didn't what? even know that, man. Wow. Um, so – Check my math to be sure, but it was it was no, I mean, I, the line I, was one thirty two or one thirty three, and then bar was one forty two or something. So I mean, <sighs> it was tight. It was really tight. And that's one hundred and fifty plus too. Yeah, it was one fifty six or something or fifty three. Yeah. What yeah. Baja can go away forever. Yeah. The. Uh... <laughs> and that's funny at, at that at that tournament there, I was playing with Chad Hart and somebody else on my qualifying machine and. We both shot, you know, 27 with zero or something like that. And both looked at each other. Well, that should be good enough for 65th place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we, and we weren't far off. <laughs> well, and, and then you got a guy like Nick Cornelius who shoots like a four better or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, he did. That's just. So now I have this. I told you, I tell you guys about what we have regionally here in South Carolina. You guys got to experience it here at the Clash a little bit this past year. Um, it wasn't like this 10 years ago. It, it, it was, it was me, it was Norbert and a couple other guys sprinkled in that you may know about, but, um, 
I knew some guys that played Golden Tee in Columbia. They really weren't going to tournaments, and then they started going. And then the stouts come around, and people start really just getting them more engaged into it. And it, 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 it fuels everything that mm-hmm. – uh, it, it fuels everything to what the clash is now going to turn into for however long we're able to get to do it. Um, everybody expecting this year being our largest we'll probably ever have. Um, yeah, I would, but, I would expect so. Yeah. Uh, I, think, that, that, Chris, I, I think what you mentioning about, what, you know, the players in Columbia, it, it's at the end of the day, what styles have done is it, it's really helped level the playing field. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what it's just done. Um, it's just the, you know, the ones at the top of the playing field that are fr- separating themselves even further from the rest. And it's made it's made that, uh, but I like to where we've also structured our competition now to where um, we are making sure that we're tending to our lower brackets that tend to fuel our tournaments. Um, yeah, certainly, I think that the the payout format that he's got going now. Uh, they, they, honestly, they've had the whole time. It's just now the numbers kind of are, are supporting it a little bit more uh, of, you know, of flowing that money down to some of those other brackets uh, does, does definitely help out. That way, that way, if you're not, you're not just coming in knowing right up front, Hey, I'm donating hundred bucks and that's, there's no way I'm getting that back. You, you know, you know, now that you've got still got a chance if you go in there and uh, play to your capabilities that you've still got a chance to go in there and get some of your cheddar back. Big fan of posting the accounting more, by the way, big fan. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, I, that was a pretty easy move after we had the one, uh, I'm not going to call out anybody for, for what it was, but the, the one tournament there where things just didn't seem to add up right. And they kind of had a lot of conversation about that. And that was kind of right as the tour was starting to get going too. Yeah. Uh, you're one, two, three, something like that. I was like, Hey, we gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta get out in front of that one. And so, yeah, just, just post them. I mean, it was, it was nothing we weren't doing anyways, but posting them is, is just the easiest way to show everybody. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, man, and I had this idea and I kind of ran with past uh, Pescioni a few years ago when he was uh, the high chain of command there, you know, talking about the numbers and the money and, and all that, you know, when it, you know, we remember when there used to be the scrolling LED marquee, it's like, Oh, you can win $2,500 and that draws your attention. You, you know, what about, you know, because the players that do this for a living, they're cashing out, there's an actual running figure of, of what they've made. I've, I thought it'd be cool to have a, like a million dollar wall. I wouldn't be on that, but the guys that have made a million dollars playing golden tee. And I think that'd be just, you know, I think it'd be really cool just to, you know, in a day and age, you know, when, you know, Fortnite is giving away $3 million to a 16 year old, you know, million, you know, of crypto, whatever it is, people are thinking millions and millions and millions to say that these guys have made over a million dollars playing the video golf game. Lord. I think that'd be pretty cool someday. I mean, well, it's certainly, you know, like DraftKings and FanDuel and those guys, those guys last tried on the same exact thing, right? Where, where some of their, uh, you know, their instant yeah. payout, you know, six bazillion people in it, you only have to pay 10 bucks in, but the prize payout on the top end is humongous, right? They, what I do, they get the big check, they snap the picture, go, this could be you, <laughs> uh, and you're right there, yeah. you know? would be, we'd have to count on all these guys, you know, filing properly, you know? So I think well, that'd be the only gray area. You don't want to open up a can of worms for any of our friends, obviously. Yeah, you'd have to be, you'd have to couch the number that you're showing appropriately at gross winnings or something like that. Uh, Those those are all excellent ideas. I have never thought of any of those. Those are fantastic. (laughs) Like, yeah, we find like Andy Haas has made, you know, X and X and X amount of dollars. And all of a sudden we we paste them all over the game. This could be you. Yeah. 
Wow. That's you always can even that's use the term credits. These guys have earned over a million dollars in golden tee credits that they can use to play the game. You know, but that, that wouldn't sell so much. I'm, I'm just, you, 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 you probably have to use dollars. I yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's some legal <laughs> ramifications in there that, that we would that would have to be worked around. But I, the, the idea, you know, hey, mm. if that you're right though, Ryan. The, the old days of the scrolling marquee there, you'd see that thing. Just chuck it across the top as you're sitting there eating your food or drinking your beer with your buddies, and you look over and you see, you know, win win five thousand dollars. Like, well, how do I do that? <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, it, what was it that drew us to this game? Was it the video golf aspect or the oh, you know, whether maybe playing with some buddies, like oh, but I can, you know, maybe make some money in the monthly ITS tournament. You know, I mean, it was probably more just playing a different video game back in the you know the late nineties, early two thousands, but from mid two thousands. Well, yeah, certainly because we're all, all three of us are roughly, you know, the same age. I mean, you know, and we all started playing about that same time. What, what were we doing, right? We were in college or coming out of college or going into college in Gino's case. We're mm-hmm. all right in that same getting out of high school and, and uh, you know, video games then were, were getting bigger because, uh, you know, that's what the PlayStation, mm-hmm. the original PlayStations were coming out. The original uh, N64 was out, you know, and those, that was a big thing to do in college was to hang out with your buddies and play games because you didn't have any money, right? You know, you're in college, so you, you hang around your dorm room and you play games with your buddies. And this was kind of a natural, natural extension of that. Because now, once you turn 21 in college, right, you go to the bars, um, you know, and, there, and there's this game there. It's like, well, hey, we play games all day, and now we're here. We keep playing games. That's fun. <laughs> so let's do it. <laughs> The uh, this is also kind of a different age, also where you know people are. Uh, it's more celebrated, or it's I guess more better for your uh, return to make sure that you play a certain amount of games over a certain amount of time. And uh, we have this system that's been in place now for fifteen years. Yeah, but now it's and I call it I. It's, it's us playing live. I mean, it's really we've been playing live now for 15 years under this format. Love the shirt, Brian Golden Tea Live. He's wearing it. <laughs> the original. And this I call it a system of recycled money. Okay, where we're you know we're all pumping in money to try to get the return on the money. Some of us come out better than others, but it's all just kind of flowing in one place you go you, you guys catch what i'm saying yeah. um and uh it, it seems like it's a system that's kind of uh, worked out for us um do we see any impact on that coming in the future i mean are, are we still going to be able to play for prizes like we are i think it likes that system um, I, I think they, they do also yeah. I, I know that there's states that i, I mentioned uh uh, down a, a thread on, mm-hmm. on Facebook last week, I've been in conversations with somebody in New Jersey that um, a higher up guy that's an operator trying mm-hmm. to get prize play going there. And and these are, you would think in a dying industry, you know, that they might not care as much about Golden Team, but there's, these states do care. They see that there's a future. And I'll tell you what, the timing, I mean, obviously, you know, with, with COVID, it, that was bad luck. But the timing right now in a dying industry, tying your brand with PGA, I mean, it, it you couldn't have asked for, for a better marriage as far as you know, what, what they have planned for the future. And and knowing, you know, me being a player, that this is, and, and this is public knowledge, this is a long-term marriage. This is a, a 10-year commitment where, you know, the PGA is confident that 
that Golden Tea is going to help them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And obviously, IT is thinking, well, this is great. We get to partner with PGA. I mean, it's, um, I, I think to answer your question, Chris, going forward, like it's, it's not going anywhere. If anything, there's going to be more money to be made, more people playing. And it's, uh, it's you know, the, the video golf world has a very bright future. Well, I think the other piece of evidence there too is that, the, the, you know, the main, the main live play format, right, the 50-man contest, the rules on that contest really haven't been tweaked in four, five, six years, something like that, right? They've kind of got, got it to the format they want as far as mm -hmm. max number of games, games per course, how many people, how many payouts, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It hasn't shifted a whole lot in a while, so it seems like they've kind of settled in on a on their, on their, what they think their sweet spot is as far as how that's all supposed to be structured. And so I don't, I don't think that they go into a new, new platform. I don't think that they'd mess with that apple cart uh, it over at the same time as they're doing all this other stuff. Yeah. Seems about right. I, uh, I, I tend to look at, you know, IT sometimes and I, I, they, they venture. I, I like their, I like watching their focuses, which, you know, they're, they dabble in so much now compared to what uh, we were just a video golf game now is transcended into the slot industry that's now trend that goes into uh, a video a mobile game that has gotten a lot of it people excited by the way i don't know if you ever talked to one of the uh, an it person about this mobile game but their eyes light up any every time i talk to one of them it's it's this mobile game so um to the point where they're, they're, i mean right it's the first first live uh mobile tournament coming up here uh, in conjunction with the St. Louis event, I'm 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 really interested to see how that goes. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying it should how I'm gonna, uh, how they're going to do it, and and also how comfortable am I announcing something like that if I do? I'm not sure if I am or not, uh, because I. I let the me be thing honest. is, like, you know the courses. I mean, and, and all you got to do is just learn the balls that they're playing. Like honestly, you, know, what, what, you just kind of know what ball you know the ball that stops in the green, the the one that cuts the wind, the one that uh, you know goes further or super backspin. I mean, I played it a little bit, you know, I, I haven't put any money into the mobile app. I played for a little bit, you know, and then once I started running out of the free plays, I stopped playing. But when they're playing courses that we've played hundreds of times, you know, um, it, it's, it should be pretty simple for you to, to call Chris. And, and the shots, these guys, have you watched any of the streams, by the way, Chris, as oh, far as um, two matches? A few. Uh, it, I mean, they're shooting lights off. Oh, for sure. Oh. Yeah, they, they, they got that game down to a science. Yeah. Uh, interested to see how uh, my, my old friend, Tony Johnson, who uh, will probably be the the guy to watch in the whole mobile or the whole Golden Tee mobile thing, uh, goes over the Missouri Open this weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's get into the Missouri well, Open. Go, 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 go ahead. Johnson, you, know, you got, you know, the Golden Tee Arcade players that are playing in the Golden Tee Mobile thing. You got Tony Johnson, you got Evan Gossett, you got Greg Kinsler. Uh, I don't know if I'm missing anybody else, but the, uh, they might not be in St. Louis, but you know, they're going to be the, the Mobile World Championships are three weeks after this next weekend, you know, the first weekend of July. And so it's really neat to see these arcade Golden Tee players playing in the mobile format. Well, it'll be interesting to see the interaction, too, because not all of them are, are part of one group or the other, right? So it'll be interesting to see interaction between both groups and, and what kind of banter yeah. goes on there. Because, you know, people are going to be swapping secrets, right? Uh, the, the mobile guys are going to be asking the arcade guys, well, how does this work over here? How does this work over here? And the same thing's going to be going the other way, right? All those, all those uh, more than just the three names you mentioned, right? There's still a lot of guys that are playing that mobile game. Mm -hmm. like, well, how do you guys do this, that, and the other? So I, I, that'll be interesting to see 
uh, over the course of the weekend, how that kind of goes. And I would not be one bit surprised, not one bit surprised to hear about the first ever, as far as I know, hey, uh, 20 a man combined score between arcade version and mobile version. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Will, will there be a mobile hold in one side pot? Ooh. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, this mobile group, are they going to be gamblers? I don't know. We know, we know, I think we know probably more than half of them, right? I, I, I don't, but I, I would assume that the, the I, I don't play much of the mobile, honestly. I don't, I've, I've tried it. I did it a little bit. Uh, I just, I just don't have the time to play that one, but uh, I, I guess the next one, for the guys that do, I think, uh, for the guys that do, I think you'll probably see some of that. Yeah. Well, no, I, I think, well, first off, we the guys we would know, like you know, the Tony Johnsons, the Greg Kenslers, all, all those guys. That it's, it's a lot of the guys that have qualified for this world championship that they have. There, are, there are still a lot of guys that just kept it at the house and learned to play this little game. That's kind of an extension of what they used to play, and um, and they're starting to they're starting to conquer that too. And also, it, it, there's a personal or a, a very I, I'm very happy to see Chad Shrump engage with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to uh, see him back back in the flow of it. That's uh, that that warms my heart because he's doing uh, a lot of cool things with that, and uh, that's got his attention. And it's good. This game's always been better with some Chad Trump in it. So, yeah, and and to go on about Chad Trump a little bit, I don't know if you saw his last match. It was a heartbreaking loss. Uh, yeah. It was on Friday, I believe. So he he did not get the 16 spot of the Worlds, but um, I, I think he's had one of the best mobile calls in the history of GT Mobile. I don't know if you saw that. I that did. shot on 16 of Agave. I, I mean, uh, <laughs> that was one of, the, one of the best mobile calls I've, I have ever heard. But um, um, did you guys have a chance to see the that match on Friday for the, the final spot or no? I did not. I, I saw it had been posted and I saw the results of it and uh, I, and I got it queued up to watch, but I hadn't I hadn't done it yet. So I'll I'll summarize it for you, Matt. The dude that Trump was playing, he had two holeouts like in the first four holes. So he was up to his strokes, and then he watered a shot towards the end. So that's why it oh. shows a tie. And he ended up going by great shot points, but the shot points from his hole outs. And yeah. again, get two hole outs early. Um, Wheeler alert. Yeah. That's, uh, so I, I wonder if this will be projected a little bit, or are we going to see? I, I have to believe we'll have to be able to see this in places. I mean, I would hope so because, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people in that room that, that aren't either playing the mobile tournament or there are playing the mobile tournament want to know what's going on. And certainly the players aren't going to have 30 people staring over their shoulder at the, you know, their iPad or whatever they're going to use to, to do it. So, yeah, I would certainly think that the, that the production guys would have something rigged up for that. And, you know, having seen the setup that they've, they've brought the past couple events, uh, IT specifically, when they bring their setup, uh, you know, they've, They've got an idea in their head on what they want everything to be, and uh, I would I would assume that the in-person viewing experience would be one of those things that they're if they're not considering that they're they're all over. And, and here's the thing: I don't know the answer to this, but do do you get to use your own mobile device? Do they provide tablets or iPads? I, I, how do they do that? I, I know I remember in the the there was some discussion about the world's tournament specifically on on that topic, and it was no, we're gonna the IT will be providing the the unit that you that you're going to be playing on and here's what it's going to be. So if you want to practice, you know, similar to the 55s and they switch the 55 inch for the arcade, right? They say, here's, here's what it's going to be on. So if you want to practice on that, go get that and, and practice on it, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but yeah, for this, for this, uh, for this tournament, uh, I don't know. Are they going to bring along, you know, 40 iPads or whatever? I, I don't know. I would assume so, but I don't know. Uh, 
also, I mean, is the tour having to do much is functioning this tournament, or are they just going to create a bracket and just run it from there? As far as uh, PG? Yeah, I mean, what, what, what's their hand in this? I mean, anything? Uh, providing the venue and the space, I think, is, is the more or less the extent of it. Okay. Uh, and advertising, too. Uh, but yes, and I'm and I'm not uh, not in on all of the discussions that are going on there. But yeah, uh, it seems like it seems like that's kind of the, they're they're kind of running their own show. Oh, I, I could ask Steve, I guess, but I, I just I had thought about that. I'm like, you know, are they? I mean, do they? They're having a tournament, so does I mean the does the tour need to run a tournament for them? Uh, they're, since they're doing it on Friday, and everybody, most most everybody that runs tournaments will be out golfing. I would assume not. Oh, oh, okay. So I didn't see that's another thing I didn't know. When, yeah, when was this going to be? Yeah, it's Friday daytime before the handicap tournament uh, uh, on Friday there. Oh, I'm going to miss it. Evan won't be able to golf then. No? What's that? Is it, uh, Evan won't be able to golf. He'll be busy playing uh, mobile. Uh, he'll be doing one or the other or getting himself the earliest tee time. I'm not sure when it's, started, it's supposed to start, right? Because those matches obviously roll through pretty quick too. Yeah. So I don't know how much time they're slating in to get all that done. Gotcha. Yeah, that is true. Matt, take a picture or two for me. Just tell me how to – because I, I won't get in until Saturday morning. Will do, man. Uh, the uh, – uh, this uh, Missouri Open coming up now, have you been to this? Do you know this venue at all? I know this is what is considered to be a temporary venue. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's the, you know, the golf course that we're playing at, the Missouri Bluffs golf course, really, really nice golf course. Uh, Steve and I actually played out there a couple – two weekends ago. Uh, it was in good condition. Uh, great course play out. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to play real golf there. They have an event already on their Friday slate, uh, so we'll be, we'll be elsewhere playing a real golf on Friday. But uh, basically, they've, they've got a you know a, a banquet area that they have. Um, it's a, their clubhouse is, is enormous um, for a, for a golf clubhouse for sure. Uh, but they've got a banquet area there uh, with the restaurant, you know, bar uh, restaurant set up. Uh, and basically, they're moving all the tables out of that banquet area to accommodate us. Uh, they've got a space on the upstairs uh, portion of the of the clubhouse as well. Uh, I know we're going to try hard not to use that. Um, just a lot of challenges there logistically with, you know, stringing sound up there, hauling machines upstairs is always kind of a pain in the butt. Uh, but yeah, the sound up there to, to kind of keep everybody organized and just in general having players going up and down stairs during the tournament is, it, you know, we don't, we want to avoid that if we can. So we'll see how, how it fits with machines. It looks like we're probably going to be out be able to get uh, 20 or so, maybe 22, depending on how they all get organized in there, into their main room. So that's a, you know, that's a healthy number. Look like 130 last on the sign-up sheet. So with natural attrition there, you're probably looking at 115 or so, something like that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll be a little tight probably, but no tighter than some other venues that we've had before and had, you know, tournaments go just fine uh, in those types of venues. So I don't, I don't really see it being a huge issue, but, but uh, yeah, you're right. A temporary venue. Uh, this was, this was one that uh, the venue that we had scheduled last year for the St. Louis tournament, uh, Cyberg's uh, bar uh, down in Maryland Heights. Uh, they were still very interested in doing it, but obviously with the, with the COVID restrictions that were in place in the, in St. Louis County uh, specifically, uh, it, we just, there was just no way to know whether you were going to actually be able to host a tournament in any functional way at that location. And so Steve and the bar owner talked about it and, and they, they, you know, they, they've still got their agreement that they want to have the tournament there, but it, it was it, at the time that they talked about it, it made the most sense to postpone and bring it out to St. Charles County where the rules are a little different or they were at the time. Uh, at this time, St. Louis County and St. Charles County are both fully back open again with, you know, with the progress that's being made on COVID nationwide. 
but um, yeah, they're uh, they're fully open. So um, it, it'll be a one-year arrangement, and you know, I, it's a golf course, right? They've hosted large events for outings for golfers before. Uh, those types of something. those types of players are just as rambunctious as we are, uh, except for they're outside when they do it. So uh, that'll be the that'll be the thing is I think that they've got the capacity and the knowledge to handle a crowd of our size. What I don't know is that they have the capacity and the knowledge to handle a crowd of our size for 16 hours for three days straight. And one thing to add too, Matt. I mean, and I wasn't you know in that room with with Stephen, the owner of the other bar, talking, but. It, not just the whole COVID, but making that, that commitment to the prize pool, you know, not knowing what was going to happen, you know, it's right, right. a very difficult spot, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I, I was hoping to go there. You know, I've got some prior commitments with, with family that I got to take care of that weekend. So I'm going to really miss, miss not being there. It's, it's one of my favorite places to go. It's, it, I drive to it, you know, it's, it's about three and a half hours away, you know, so I'm going to really miss out on being there, but um, it, it'd be uh it's it's nice just to kind of get you know getting everybody back together. You know, Wisconsin was one thing, Orlando was a whole nother. But I think now, um, like you had mentioned, that things are a little bit better nationwide. And the other thing too, I wanted to add, um, you mentioned the limited space. If they don't use that upstairs for machines, that space we can kind of go and hang out. You you can go up there for forty five minutes hopefully, and and just kind of get out of it. I would assume so. Yeah. All right, a big thanks to Matt and Brian for coming on and sharing some of their thoughts. That was part one of the podcast. Part two of the podcast will hopefully be released tomorrow. And uh, give that a listen. And I hope you guys uh, maybe share it with a friend if you don't mind. I'd really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you this weekend.